Gracious Heavenly Father, I do pray that we have come this morning with open hearts. That we, that I recognize and we recognize we are now going to open up and hear from you, your words. These words that you preserved for thousands of years that we could have them here. We could understand them. They could, they could show us Christ. They could show us who you are, who we are. Father, that, that they, will, they will be used by you to sanctify your people. They'll be used by, by you to save your people. Father, may we, may we not take for granted what we've been given. We've been given the oracles, your oracles, the oracles of you, God. May we be a people who are here to have our, our minds renewed, that our lives could be transformed. All these things in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning, Grace Fellowship Church. As most of you know, my father-in-law, Emily's father, Kenny, passed away this past Tuesday. Um, Most of you know he lived with us for the last couple of years. And um, I guess I talked a little bit on Wednesday night, but there's so many things that it's brought to my mind and just something I guess I want to, I want to, encourage us with this morning. Uh, I want to remind you all, us all, you all, you have loved ones in your life. They're going to die. They just are. You know, a, a, a many of us sat in the room this week and we actually watched someone pass from this life to eternity. It's going to happen to everyone you love and everyone you hate for that matter. But it's going to happen to everyone ever born. They, they will die. As I, was, as I was watching Kenny pass, I was overwhelmed, overcome with the thought, the imperfect thought, because I don't know what it's like. But the thought that Kenny was about to go and stand before God. I could I couldn't stand it. I, I was I, I was sobbing. I was sobbing similarly to when the day God saved me. I was I was overcome with that reality that he is about to pass. And he will breathe his last and then he will go and stand before God. That's going to happen to everyone in your life. Every person that you know. Hebrews 9.27 And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Grandpa Kenny died at 3.57 p.m. on Tuesday. At 3.57 p.m. on Tuesday, he stood before God to be judged. So will your parents, so will your in-laws, so will your friends, so will your grandparents, so will your wife, so will your husband, so will your children. Romans 10, 14, 10, For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. 
So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Every word, every thought, every deed will have to be accounted for before God by every person. And those deeds, words, and thoughts will either be atoned for by the person standing before God with punishment for all eternity, separated from Him in hell, or they will be atoned for, those thoughts, words, and deeds that you give account for before God will be atoned for by the blood of Christ. One of those two things is going to happen to everyone you know. And time just keeps going by. It seems like yesterday, Emily and I were going with Kenny and Linda to, to, to South Carolina to go play golf for a week. 25 years ago, it seems like yesterday. And he has now stood before God. So will every one of your parents, your grandparents, your friends, your loved ones, your aunts, your uncles. You, me, you will stand before God. I will stand before God and give an account for my life. And either my sins, past, present, and future, I will either be, I will, I will, every human being will either pay for those for all eternity or they will have been atoned for by the blood of Jesus Christ. You will either plead Christ or you will be guilty and condemned. So every person you know. Think about your loved ones. Honestly, think about your parents if you have them alive. Think about your grandparents. Think about your friends. Think about your sisters, your brothers, your aunts, your uncles, the people that you actually love. Think about them right now. Right now, think about them. Think about the ones who have never confessed the name of Jesus. And think about the ones who confess the name of Jesus but live as if they're trusting in something besides Him. Second Corinthians 5. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. What is due? Punishment, separation from from God for all eternity, or what is due because of faith in Christ is glory, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more suffering. He says, Paul says, therefore, Paul says, knowing the fear of the Lord, because I know, Paul says, the fear of the Lord, I and my traveling party, we persuade others. Because we know the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. He says, God knows who we are and what we are. 
And I hope you know who we are and what we are, Paul says, because we're persuading people because we know the fear of the Lord. You see, brothers and sisters, we know the fear of the Lord. Whether the people, whether the pe- whatever the people think of us, we're there to persuade them because we know the fear of the Lord. We're not commending ourselves to you, but again, giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, since we are beside ourselves, Paul says, look, we're, we're freakish. People think we're strange. If we are out of our right mind, it is for you. Paul says, me and my traveling partner, Church Church of Corinth, or people in Corinth, if we are out of our mind, it's for your benefit that we act this way. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. The love of Christ controls us, beloved, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he who died for all and those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And then it goes on down to verse 20. You know a lot of these things in between. He says this, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Because of this, Because we know the fear of the Lord, it doesn't matter what you think of us. If we're out of our minds, it's for your sake that we're out of our minds. We are going to appeal. We are going to plead with you to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. I I think I told you this. I've told some of you privately. A a sinful thought I've had. A wrong thought I've had. Uh, It's it's self-centered and it's wrong. It's not trusting in the sovereignty of God, but I feel like a failure. Because Kenny never confessed the Lord. I feel like a failure because I have so many people in my life that I know that have never confessed the name of Jesus. And they just come through my mind now. And am I willing to be thought crazy because I implore them and beseech them and beg them to be made right with God through Jesus Christ? Or am I embarrassed and love myself too much to have them get tired of me? Scoff at me? You know, Cal's dad professes Christ. Cal's dad is dying. Cal drove over there, and I'm hoping that one of the things Cal did was pled with his dad to be right with God, and if he is right with God, to trust in Christ in his dying days. I mean, this, this, again, it's, 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 I don't know, I, I, it's bad thinking maybe, but here's what I think. Think in the physical care my wife and I gave to Kenny, we get an A, maybe an A+. Plus. In the spiritual care I gave to him, I get maybe a, maybe a C, if I'm, really, if I'm really nice to myself. Everyone you know is going to die. They're 
are going to stand before God for judgment the minute they breathe their last. It is true. It is a fact. And I want to encourage us to live like it. I want to encourage us to actually live like it. I have adult children who don't know the Lord, who have heard the gospel for sure. There are pressures on my life that say don't keep giving them the gospel from them and from others. If we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are out of our right mind, it's for you. We're not commending ourselves to you. For the love of Christ controls us. We know the fear of the Lord. We're going to persuade others. And I'm not... Yes, I am talking about the people on the streets, for sure. I am talking about the people you don't know well. But I'm also talking about the people we know best. That That we hold very dear those relationships. And that we don't want to upset the apple cart of those relationships. So be encouraged, brothers and sisters. Okay, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. We know Jesus has his face set like flint towards Jerusalem. We know that he is headed to Calvary. We know that he has been in Galilee for a year and a half or so. We know two years maybe. We know he's, he's within probably six months of his death, his physical death. He's in Judea, and he's got a large crowd following him. He had healed a mute man. He has a big crowd following him. Uh, we know he has just, he has just uh, rebuked the entire generation, the whole, the whole big group that was listening to him. To him. Um, he, he told them that the queen of the south and that the men of Nineveh would rise up in judgment against them because they had much more full gospel than did those the queen of the south of the men of Nineveh, and yet they repented and they believed and they saw God for who he was and these people weren't seeing it. So he rebuked them. And then he, he particularly condemned and pronounced woes on the Pharisees and the scribes for their false religion and for their, their pious, self-righteous, works-based religion. They thought they were justified before God for how they lived and the doctrines they understood. While Jesus was speaking, verse 37, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went and reclined at the table. The Pharisee was astonished to see he did not first wash, his, wash before dinner. The Pharisee saw Jesus didn't do the traditions of man. He didn't ceremonially wash his hands. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did, you not, did, he, did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give his alms those things that are within. And behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and ruin every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves. And people walk over them without knowing it. You are defiled, you Pharisees. You are, you are purveyors of death, and when people walk near you, or they're, def, they're defiled by you. 
One of the lawyers answered, one of the scribes, Teacher, in saying these things, you insult us also. And he said, Woe to you lawyers also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed, so you are witness, witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some who they will kill and persecute. So the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. You, scribes, all of the blood of all of the prophets, it's on you. Because you've neglected it all. And now you're going to kill the prophet. And all of his, all of his apostles that come behind, you're going to persecute. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. Woe to you. You had the oracles of God, the key, the scriptures, and you twisted that and perverted that and led yourself away and others. As you went away from there, the scribes and Pharisees began to press him hard and provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. As he left, as he went away from that conversation, as he left that part of the conversation, they wanted him dead. They wanted to try to trick him up. They wanted to try to trip him up. They wanted to try to, to, to undermine what he was accomplishing through his words because they were, they were being attacked. So please stand, and now we'll read verses 1 through 12 in Luke 12 because this is where we are now. <coughs> In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together, they were trampling one another. He began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Well, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before man will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. You may be seated. Jesus is telling his disciples, his the twelve, and those were around him to learn. Remember, discipulus, methetes, it's just learners. These are the ones that are learning. But he, he's in this big group, and he's talking particularly to them. He's warning them to, to beware, be bold, and believe. Fear God, confess Jesus, and trust in the indwelling Holy Spirit. Watch out for these, these hypocrites. Watch out for the leaven. To avoid that leaven, fear God, confess Christ, and trust in the indwelling Spirit. In the meantime, it starts out. 
Well, all of this condemnation of, uh, condemnation of the scribes and the Pharisees was taking place. Well, well, Jesus had healed this mute man. Mute man. While Jesus was 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 moving the people, he was he was exciting the people with his miraculous works. He was he was speaking boldly. He was condemning these religious, pious men. The mob was growing. In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together, they were trampling one another. Look, God gives us a picture here that I think is really interesting. So what's happening right now is there's there's many thousands, myriads. The word myriads means 10,000, myriad, countless. In, in that language, in the Greek language, myriads was the biggest word they had for a number. Okay, like we have a trillion. I think that's our biggest number. If it isn't, somebody will correct me later. For them, it was myriads, 10,000. And what he's saying is there's many thousands. There are many 10,000s. In other words, a countless number, zillions. There's zillions of people, is, is what he's saying. So many, they're trampling on one another. Katapateo, trample on, trample underfoot. It means exactly that. This, this was this, this huge mob scene. It's like the biggest rock star of all time that people are trying to get near. And they're trying to get near him, and they're, they're, they're trampling on one another. They're so, so much want to get near this, this miracle worker that speaks so boldly. They want to hear what he has to say and see what he has to do. It's, it's, they want to get near Jesus of Nazareth. They want to get near this man. Uh, I thought about, like, the Cabbage Patch Dolls, when, when they used to rush in and knock people over to get the Cabbage Patch Dolls or the, or the $99 Xbox at the Christmas sale. Trampling, you've seen the videos, they trample one another to go get that. Well, that's what's going on here. This is how many people are being surrounding Jesus now. This is a big ministry he's got going. Lots of people listening to him and coming near him. But he's got this, this close group. He's got this close group that are, that are near to him. In the meantime, so many thousands of the people had gathered together. They were trampling one another. He began to say to his disciples first, in the middle of all this large, chaotic crowd, that they're all forcing their way. Jesus has this group of disciples that are nearest to him. And in the middle of all of this, He turns to them first, proton, first in time, first in rank. He turns around to them first of all. He specially talks to this small group, this small group of his disciples. And he says to his disciples, Beware. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Beware. The word beware there is a very strong word. It's a very... It has very intense meaning. The word is prosecco. It means to bring near, to bring to, to mer- turn the mind to, attend to, be attentive, to attend to oneself, give attention to, take heed. To apply oneself to, to attach oneself to, to be given or addicted to, to devote thought and effort to. This is the word we see in uh, Acts 20.28 that we've talked about lots. The word in Acts 20.28 is prosecco. When he's talking to the elders, pay careful attention 
to yourselves and to all the flock. Pay careful attention. Bring near to. Be addicted to. So we've talked about this. As elders, we are to bring near to you the flock that we're shepherding. Bring near to us. We are to see them. We are to know their lives. We are to be addicted to. Okay, that's what we're to do. Well, that's what he's saying here. Be addicted to, pay careful attention to, be really bring near to you this reality. You need to watch out for something. You need to beware of something. You need to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. The zume, where we get the word enzyme, yeast, leaven, a culture which grows in dough. He wasn't telling them, watch out for the yeast the Pharisees put in their bread. He'll actually talk about that in Matthew. We'll look at that in a minute. He's telling them, watch out for their dangerous doctrines and practices. Watch out for their defiling ways. Beware of the teachings and the doings of the Pharisees. Do not let that infiltrate you, disciples. Don't let that infiltrate you. These Pharisees they, and their religious partners, the scribes that are in front of them, Jesus was pronouncing woes on them because of their self-righteous, pompous, foolish beliefs and practices. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware. Watch out. Be addicted to paying attention to. Watch out for. Don't let it infect you. We all know we put a little yeast in the dough and it, it goes all throughout and permeates throughout the dough. Yes? That's the picture he's giving them. Now, Jesus warns not only of the leaven of the Pharisees, that's what he, he warns them of here, because that's who's in front of him. In Matthew 16, he said, Jesus said to them, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And down in verse 12, to make sure they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So Jesus warns them, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees, remember, they were... They were the other part of the the Sanhedrin. They were the religious elite along with the Pharisees. The Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection. They did not believe in the supernatural. They were very very, uh, liberal. They were very much in cahoots with and wanted to keep their position with the Roman government. So the Sadducees, they, they, they were to avoid the Sadducees because they were rationalists. They were liberalists. They were ecumenical. They didn't take too seriously, let other folks in. And then in Mark eight fifteen, we see this. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Herod's leaven was political ambition and secularism. That was Herod's leaven. Don't let political ambition and secularism into you. Don't let liberalism... And, and, and skepticism and ecumenicalism into you. And then hear about the Pharisees. He says, don't beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisies. To pretend. To act hypocritically. To pretense. With pretense. Hypocrisy. To give an impression of having certain purposes or motivations while in reality having quite different ones. Hypocrisy is giving the impression of certain motivations and purposes and actually having quite different ones. The word was used for an actor on a stage. 
And the actors on the stage back then wore masks. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is they're actors. They're hypocrites. Beware of that leaven. These Pharisees, they said one thing and did another. They put lots of loads. Remember the scribes and the Pharisees put loads on the people, but then made excuses or uh, uh, loopholes that could keep them from having to obey those same man-made commands. They prayed before men to be seen. They fasted and they, they made sure people knew they were fasting. They did all these things so they could be seen by men. They lorded over the people. Didn't care about them at all. They were hypocrites. They, 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 what they were on the inside was far different than they were on the outside. Beware that that leaven of the Pharisees, not of hypocrisy, not creep into you. What happened in their lives in secret was far different than what happened in their public lives. Beware! Don't let that creep in. Don't let leaven infect, infect you. Paul warns against hypocrisy in Galatians too. And but when Cephas came to Antioch, that's Peter, Peter himself, Peter the Pope, came to Antioch. I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. So Peter was making a practice of eating with the Gentiles. Which he should have. Remember, God told him, what I make clean, don't, don't make unclean. Basically, eat with the Gentiles. So he was. But when they, they, the men from James, the men from Jerusalem, the, 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 the Jerusalem Jews, who were, who were uh, much more um, prone to the dirty dog Gentiles couldn't be in, so when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. The circumcision party were the Jews who were circumcised and said, these Gentiles aren't circumcised, don't eat with them. Peter was eating with them. When they came, he stopped because he was afraid of them. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him. <laughs> they were actors on a stage. They were fearing man. They weren't fearing God. What was inside was different than what was outside. So that even Barnabas was led astray by hypocrisy. Peter and the Jews, even Barnabas, were led, led astray by the hypocrisy of the circumcision party. Don't let that leaven come in. Paul to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Some are going to be drugged away by deceitful teachings of demons and deceitful spirit through the insincerity, the word there is hypocrisies, the hypocrisy of the liars whose consciences are seared. Watch out because there are going to be liars, hypocrites, who are, who are one thing out here and another thing in here that are going to drag people away. Be careful. People will depart from the faith following these hypocrites. People like Tammy Faye Baker and Joel Osteen and the Pope and Ted Hager and Mark Driscoll and Tim Keller and Paul and Jan Crouch, Charles Taze Russell. They're going to be drug away because they're going to listen to these hypocrites. 
like Bethel Redding. They're going to be drug away. Don't let that come in. Don't let that hypocrisy come in. Be careful. Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. Jesus warns his disciples in the middle of the mob in Judea, and he, and he, he then warns us through Peter and Paul to watch out for hypocrisy. 1 Peter 2, 1, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be around hypocrites. Watch out because that leaven can infect you. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't let your words be one thing and your actions be another. Don't don't be a hypocrite. Don't desire to do the right thing when people are watching and when people aren't watching, do the wrong thing. It's a hypocrite. A Christian does righteously without any audience. The hypocrite makes sure his good deeds are noticed. Don't be a hypocrite. Spurgeon quote, The true Christian, like a nightingale, sings in the night. But the hypocrite sings in the day to be heard of men. (laughs) We come to church, we're all praising God together. It'll be the last time we praise Him all week. Don't be a hypocrite. Hypocrites, they, they love titles, they love respect, they love honor of men. Hypocrites, they, they do religious things at certain places and times. Again, praying, they pray at certain times and, and, they, and they give at certain times and they sing at certain times. But you catch them in the world and they're treating people poorly. Their business dealings are shady. having fists of rage at their workers or at the people they work with. Very pious at prayer time and going off on their children all day. Don't be a hypocrite. Hypocrites. Hypocrites are are very severe with others and very lenient on themselves. They call others thieves but they forget all that they steal. That's what a hypocrite does. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't let the leaven sink in or just creep in. They make their vices look like virtues. And they make other people's virtues look like vices. Oh, he's just an angry street preacher. Oh, he thinks he's better than somebody else because he's out there telling about the gospel. Making that virtue a vice. Well, I'm much kinder to people. I care that they know what they care. Uh, make sure they know that I care before I try to tell them what I know or whatever that saying is. They make their vice of not wanting to step on toes and promote the gospel. They somehow make that a virtue. That's what a hypocrite does. A hypocrite is very hard on other people and very lenient on themselves. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. 
Watch out. Watch out. Be careful. Watch out for yourself. Watch out for one another. And we're not hypocrites. We're not actors on stage. We're not wearing a mask. Because everything will someday be revealed. Jesus is telling him them, everything will someday be revealed. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together, they were trampling one another and began to say to the disciples, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, why is this hypocrisy so dangerous? Why is wearing this mask so dangerous? Why is saying one thing and doing another so dangerous? Because nothing is covered up that will not be revealed. Nothing is no one, none, no thing. No thing, no one, none. No one, no one, nothing is covered up. You might think it's covered up, sugalipto, uh, to keep secret, to hide, to conceal, to cause something to remain unknown with the implication of concealment and inaccessibility. You might think, here's what hypocrites think, here's what's so dangerous. You think you're hiding it, It's not going to stay hidden. Either in this life or for sure, when you stand before God, it will be revealed. Be careful that you're an actor on stage, that you're wearing a mask, that what's inside is different than what you show outside, that your trust truly isn't in Jesus, it's truly in your own actions. Be careful. It's all going to be revealed. Apocalypto. To remove the cover from, to take out of hiding, to cause something to be fully known. The hypocrite believes that their true actions, their true heart, that they are keeping a secret, is is going to stay concealed. But one's true heart, true actions, will be be uncovered. Listen, some of us in here today need to think about, do we have things in our lives that we're concealing? It's going to be uncovered. I heard somebody say one time, time and truth go together. The longer time goes along, the more truth comes out. When we stand before God, all truth will come out. Don't be like the hypocrites who think they're going to be able to hide it forever. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Hidden. Kruptos. Secret. Hidden. Not able to be known. Pertaining to not being able to be known in the view of fact that has been kept secret. No secrets will stay secret. But that will not be known. Known, ginosko, to know, to understand, perceive, have knowledge. Remember that word ginosko, same word used for a husband and wife coming together. That means to know deeply. No secrets will be not known deeply. (laughs) Whatever we think we can hide will not stay hidden. Jesus is telling his disciples, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. Watch out. You don't, you don't become 
an actor on stage wearing a mask because no one will remain hidden. Their secrets will be revealed. Nothing. So make sure our walk matches our talk. Scrutinize our own lives as intensely as we scrutinize other people's lives. Don't be harsh with others for their sins and their failures. Be quick and swift to confess our own sins. Don't act as if we have none. Take off the mask. Jesus goes on. He said, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. Do not fear men who can kill you. Peter was fearing men. Yes, don't do that. Don't fear men. Yes, they can kill you. That's all they can do. Friends, friends, philos, a friend, a male person with whom one associates and for whom there is affection or personal regard. He's telling these friends, these men, friends, these friends, these are special people to him. Remember, he's not talking to masses. He's talking to his disciples. I tell you, friends, do not fear Those who kill the body. You're my friends. Listen, John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someday someone lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. He has given you all, brothers and sisters, he's given his people, his friends, ears to hear and eyes to see. He is is revealing truth to his friends, his people. And he's telling them, watch out for the leaven of hypocrisy and do not fear men. Don't do religion for the benefit of men. Don't try to please men. People that would leave here and say, I could never please the pastor. They don't understand. You don't need to please the pastor. You need to please the Lord. You don't fear the pastor. You don't fear the brethren. Do not fear. Do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. They can only kill you. Don't be a hypocrite who doesn't want men to know the truth about your life because they can harm you. Proverbs 29, 25, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Fearing man is a trap. Don't do it. Don't fear men who can only harm you temporally. temporally. They can do nothing to you eternally. He's acknowledging they can harm you temporally. They can do nothing to you eternally. Don't fear men. 
Jeremiah 1, 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Do not fear this, these hypocritical religious leaders who will lead you to hell. They can't harm you, ultimately. Isaiah 51, 12, I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies? Or the son of man who is made like grass? He's comparing himself to man. Have you forgotten the Lord, your maker, Yahweh, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth? And you fear continually all the days because of the wrath of the oppressor when he sets himself to destroy? You're worried about these men that can try to destroy you? Do you not remember who God is? And where is the wrath of the oppressor? Oh, death, where's your sting? Do not fear men. Rather, do fear God. Jesus tells them, Tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. I'm going to tell you who to fear, Jesus tells his friends, his disciples. I'm going to tell you whom to fear. Don't fear these hypocrites. Don't fear these Pharisees. Don't fear these Sadducees. Don't fear Herod with all of their false religions. Don't fear Black Lives Matter. Don't fear secular humanism. Don't fear Eden Corp. Don't fear Marxists. Don't fear the government. They're all pro- promoting a different religion. Believe me, it's a religion that's being promoted. Don't fear them. Fear God. I'll tell you to fear. Fear God. Fear him who after he is killed has authority, exousia, power of choice. Fear God who has the power of choice, the liberty of doing as he pleases. He has the authority, the lordship, the rule to put you into hell. Fear him. Don't be like these hypocrites, these Pharisees that that don't fear God. They fear their own man-made rules and making sure the rabbis are happy and making sure they get along with the Sadducees okay. I will warn you, fear him. Fear God. Fear the one who can not only kill you, who can harm you temporarily, but can put you in hell forever, can harm you eternally. That's who you are to fear. Fear the omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent God of the universe. Fear God. Fear Him who has the authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear Him. Jesus telling these close disciples, fear God. You want to know how to keep the leaven of, of, of hypocrisy away from you? Fear God. You want to keep the leaven of of, of uh, liberalism, skepticism away from you? Fear God. You, you know how to keep the, the, the religion of political influence and impact and, and, and partnership with the world? You know how to get rid of that leaven? Fear God. Fear God. That's whom you're to fear. That'll get rid of the leaven problem. But be careful. Watch out. Because if you don't fear God, if you fear man, that leaven's going to come in and creep in. James 5, 22. 
Do you not fear me, declares the Lord? Do you not tremble before me? I place the sand as the boundary for the sea. A perpetual barrier that it cannot pass. Listen, he says, do you not fear the God who the oceans don't come past a particular place on the sand that he's decided? Unless he wants there to be a derecho and he want, or whatever it's called when the when the land when the water comes up on land. If he wants that, it happens. But no man can make that happen. God tells the oceans exactly where to go. Fear him. Fear God, who's in control of the entire universe, even the seas. The waves toss, they cannot prevail, they roar, they cannot pass over it. I mean, you've probably all seen the the 45-foot wave that comes crashing down and the tsunami comes up on... We've seen videos. God controls all of that. Fear Him. Revelation 14, 6, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory because the hour of His judgment has come. And worship Him who made the heaven and earth and the seas and the springs of water. Fear God and give Him glory for the hour of judgment has come. Psalm 112, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord who greatly delights in his commandments. Fear God, follow his commands, not the commands of men. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. the end of the matter has all been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Jesus says, don't fear men who can harm you temporally. Fear God, the creator of all things, who also has the authority to do as he pleases and do as he wills, and he can cast you into hell for all eternity. Fear him. Fear him. Take your mask off. Fear him. Don't be an actor on stage. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together, they were trampling one another. He began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and perhaps, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Everything that they, in, 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 they had rooms that were built in this time they were, they were dirt houses that were easy to dig into. They would build rooms that weren't attached to the outer walls that were inside where they'd put their valuables. And they would go in there if they wanted to whisper. Listen, you can go in there and whisper. God knows. It's going to be shouted on the rooftops because they would go on rooftops, flat rooftops, and they would proclaim things to the people out there. It's all coming out. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are, you are of more value than many sparrows. We, we are to fear God 
because that can cast into hell because he is omniscient. The omniscience of God. God knows everything. Fear him because he knows everything and has the authority to cast you into hell. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Sparrows were a very cheap food source. And we know from Matthew's gospel, you got two for one penny and five for two pennies. You got an extra. It's kind of like you're, you're selling volume, you get more. Sparrows, you could buy five sparrows for one sixteenth of a day's wage. Very cheap food source. Very just lots of them and not thought much of. And he, he says, and not one of them is forgotten before God. Not a sparrow in Matthew's gospel. Not a sparrow hops without God knowing it. God knows about these seemingly worthless sparrows. He knows all that happens to them. Then he says, why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Average hairs on a head, around 120,000. Blonde-haired people have about 150,000. Dark-haired people have about 120,000. And redheads have about 90,000. Tyler and I have an excuse for why we're going bald. We started with less. Think about that. Eight billion people... At 130,000 hairs ahead, and God knows every single one of them. And every sparrow doesn't hop that he doesn't know it. This reference to hairs on the head would have meant something more to the listeners. First Samuel 14:45. Then the people said to Saul, Shall Jonathan die, who has worked this great salvation in Israel? Far from it. As the Lord lives, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground. For he has worked with the God this day. So the people ransomed Jonathan, so he did not die. God was going to protect Jonathan, even the hairs of his head. First Kings one fifty two, And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, not one of his hairs shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. Worthy men are protected by God, even the hairs of their head. Fear God so you don't have to fear God. Fear God and even the hairs on your head are going to be protected in judgment. Fear God and you'll stay away from the leaven of hypocrisy. Fear God so you no longer have to fear God. Even the numbers of your hair are are all numbered. Fear not, friends. You're of more value than many sparrows. God knows about the sparrows. Even the numbers of hairs on your head are numbered. And you, friends, are more valuable than the sparrows. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. It's, it's, it's prophesying of the judgment to come. Malachi chapter 3. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. All this judgment being talked about in the book of Malachi. The Lord paid attention and heard them. 
And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Those who fear God will be spared in the day of judgment. Don't fear men. They can just kill you. Fear God because he will judge you. And if you fear God, not even the hairs on your head will be damaged in the judgment. And he will spare you. Chapter 4. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts. So it will leave them neither root nor branch. But, but for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Judgment's coming. For those who fear God, not even a hair on your head will be damaged. And he knows everything. He is omniscient. He knows all things. Don't be a hypocrite. God knows. Nothing's hidden that won't be revealed. God knows. Don't fear, man. I'll tell you who to fear. Fear God. So you never have to fear God again. You want to combat the leaven of hypocrisy? Fear God. You want to invite the leaven of hypocrisy? Fear man. Fear God so you'll no longer have to fear God. Fear God. He will protect you from his own wrath. That's coming. In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Nothing is going to stay hidden. You think you've got these little secrets? They're going to be exposed. Probably sooner rather than later. But for sure at the day of judgment. Because nothing's going to get by God. Nothing does get by God. Not a sparrow... They're, they're cheap. They're worthless. And God knows all about the sparrows. One doesn't even hop that he doesn't know. He knows about all the hairs on your head. Has numbered every one of them. 128,000. 4,200. He's got them all numbered. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. 
Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten before God? Well, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. Watch out for Pharisee, the, the, the leaven of the Pharisees' hypocrisy. And here's how you're going to battle that. You're going to battle that by fearing God. Next week, we're going to see you're going to battle that by confessing Jesus and trusting in the Holy Spirit, the triune God represented in this passage of Scripture. How you're going to combat this leaven of hypocrisy or the leaven of, of, of liberalism or the leaven of political favor, how you're going to fight that leaven is fear God, confess Christ, trust in the Holy Spirit. Hell awaits hypocrites. Look out. Fear God so you no longer have to fear God. Closing thought. Beware of hypocrites and hypocrisy. Be bold concerning Christ Jesus the Lord. Believe in the triune God. Fear God. Confess Jesus and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Christ. Father, for those of us who fear him, who fear you, you have given us your son to pay for our sins that could alleviate our fear. We know that we will never face your wrath that you will protect us for the day of judgment in and under the blood of Christ Jesus. Father, help us to have a boldness. Help us to tell people of who you are and that you are a God to be feared. Father, help us to, like Jesus does, shows the Pharisees and the scribes of their sinful doctrines and practices. He points them to himself. Father, help us do the same. Help us to leave behind our fear of men who can can damage us in the temple. But Father, that we not fear them, we, we fear you. And when we fear you, we are safe and no longer need to fear you. What a great way of salvation you have provided in and through Jesus Christ. And we thank you. Amen. I stand and sing hymn 335, Who is on the Lord's side? 335, Who is on the Lord's side?